to the Land Maverick Podcast, your 80-20 guide to the best tips, tricks, and strategies related to flipping vacant land. Now introducing your host, Jaron Barnes. D, great to have you on. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. <laughs> so guys who are listening, everyone in the audience here, D is kind of our partner office manager, liaison, point of contact, <laughs> all things superwoman over at uh, in the Philippines on behalf of Virtual Outsource, which is a company, a virtual staffing agency that we have uh, uh, kind of as a kissing cousin business to the Land Maverick Society for Coaching that kind of provides VA support in a lot of different fashions on behalf of land investors. So right now we kind of have like three services that um, we provide list scrubbing services, phone support, and admin support. We'll dive into all, the, all that. I'll kind of turn the baton over to you on, on the details. But I'll just say for list scrubbing services, what that translates to is we actually have a VA go line by line on your direct mail and remove property based on certain criteria. Like if it's landlocked, if it um, is oddly shaped next to the owner on record, a number of different, if it's in wetlands, those type of things. So that when you actually mail you are only going after things that have a high likelihood of converting as long as there's motivation. So the qualified unqualified ratio for like most states, for example, is one in two. So you'll get like, you know, in Florida, half of your entire list is not qualified. Um, In Tennessee, it's one in four. So if you want to send out 4,000 units of mail, you got to scrub through 16,000 total records to get qualified properties. So if you're mailing every single month, like it is actually a really great savings. And then we also have phone support that I actually train personally. So much better than Pat Life and then admin support for all of like your logistical needs, emails, whatever, whatever. So turning the table CUD, um, <laughs> tell us a bit about the business model, because I know it's, mm-hmm. it's very unique uh, the way that we yeah. approach VAs. So take it away, my friend. Right. <laughs> well, you're right. The business structure that we have is very unique only because I created this in a way that it would solve most of the struggles of VA and client relationships. So backstory, um, I've been a, or I was a virtual assistant for about six years. And because of that, I've been to different agencies. I've done freelancing. So there was a lot of experience there, both freelancing and working with an agency. And one of the things that I kind of like found out is that when you provide one VA to one client and if your client becomes like super dependent on the VA, when your VA gets, let's say, sick, goes on leave or something happens, the entire business breaks down, is being put on hold. Right. Right. And this actually happened to me like personally with one of the clients that I had. I mean, I had COVID three times and one of those times I was like really, really out and she couldn't even open her own email because she doesn't know what her passwords are. Whoa. Yeah. So she was so dependent on me on that way, even through her personal stuff. So when I was out, though, I really want to help her out. I was like, my hands are tied. I am super sick, though. I want to help you out. I can't. And She was out of VA for like two to three weeks because we were 
locked down. Uh, most of us are in the hospital. So during COVID times and stuff, yeah. Exactly. During the COVID time. So I kind of created this in a way that both clients and VAs would win. So our structure would be for one client, instead of giving one VA, we provide an entire workforce, meaning to say you have two VAs and a project manager. So it solves the problem when your VA is out because they will always have another uh, VA backup. It will solve the problem of the clients when you are not really a manager or when you're not really a leader. Some of the business owners that I worked with are really great business owners, but couldn't manage their VAs well. Number one, not everyone is built to be a leader. Number two, there's this culture difference because you know, we're in the Philippines, you guys are in the U.S. So we have a project manager who's kind of like an expert. Most of the project managers that we have, I mean, all of the project managers that we have are either have been working in the call center for a very long time. So they are very familiar with American culture. They've got great communication skills. So they are the liaison between the client and the virtual assistant. So the client can just work on this business without really thinking about, oh, I need to manage this. I need to check on this. So, Well, even from a training standpoint, like I remember when I started working with you, I was in one of the busiest seasons of my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Burnt out. Like it was not a good place. And I think we had two meetings. Yeah. Within two meetings, you guys started scrubbing my list. You guys got all my criteria. Everything worked. And we were off to the races. And it was like the most smoothest hiring process I had ever been a part of. And it's beautiful because like you, there's like a $1,500 setup fee. And what we use that for is to go and like market and canvas for talent. Right. And you guys actually do like, we do personality data okay. profiling and we match people's personality to the roles. And oh, do we actually make people uh, mandatory to have a bachelor's degree too? I heard that through grade, but I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, bachelor's degree, not really. But, okay, but just being proficient in communication skills, have the right experience, yeah. and yeah, yes, perfect. So we require experience, well, work experience. We require them to take the personality test, the DISC personality. We actually added a few more personality tests to test our creativity and other stuff to make sure that they're culture fit in our company. So same vision, same mission. So, so far, everything is really going great when it comes to profiling and hiring uh, virtual assistants. So on that, I want the listeners to really understand what it looks like in a normal situation when you're hiring a VA is you put out a bunch of stuff on like Upwork, then you spend all this time interviewing people, and then you you spend like 90 days testing them out, and then half the time they don't work out, and you're like back to the drawing board. Then you got to like take all this time to train people and create SOPs and all this. With virtual outsource, all that stuff is literally outsourced. So like you yeah. <laughs> come in and we do all that for you. We just have a meeting to understand. We have like two meetings. We have like a discovery call with me and then an onboarding call with the team. Onboarding. Get the whole idea of what you're trying to do. And then we go find the people, train them, manage them. And then if they're not performing, we replace them. We handle all of the firing, hiring, all that. Right. It's pretty crazy. Yes. I want us to kind of do a deep dive into like, what is the process onboarding process look like? So are we using some kind of a portal? Are we using like Slack or what is it like once, let's say you go and you find talent and everything is all set up. How are we communicating with them? Like, what does it actually look like on a day-to-day basis? All right. Well, we have two different like communication 
way or path. So we have the client communication and we have the VA communication. So when we talk about onboarding, we do it simultaneously. So first thing is we have to make sure that we have the right talent. So when we have that, we go and onboard the client. So onboarding the client would be like setting expectations, setting up communication channels. So we have Slack and then onboarding them in our project management platform. That's ClickUp. I think that's one of the (laughs) value proposition that we have. If you don't have a project management tool, you don't have to pay for one. Some of them are not really that expensive, but it takes time for you to set it up. So you won't have to set up your project management tool. We have that for you. Once we onboard you in the entire task delegation process, you only have one liaison. That would be your project manager. We set up or we create a list of the tasks. We identify if they're recurring. We identify if these are future tasks. And we lay it all out in ClickUp. So the beautiful thing about project management or ClickUp is that you have your task, you have the description, and the very important thing is you have the due date. Because, you know, without the due date, then the task will just remain as task. And, you know, most of the time it falls off the cracks. So it's either you do it and that's it. You do it and your client doesn't know that you've done it. So we use a project management tool to create like a transparency of what is exactly happening on a day-to-day day of our VAs and the project manager. Let's go through kind of like a 30,000 foot view of the process. So they'd have a discovery call with me and they would interview with you guys or not interview, but like kind of you slash the team manager and kind of understand all of their needs. And then we plan together. Where does it go from there? Is it like a a 90 day period, like, you know, of trial or what does it look like? Well, there will be a 90 day roadmap. That's what we call it. So on your first 30 days, aside from onboarding the client and setting expectation, we create your processes. Now, before doing that, we do a process inventory, talk about what are the processes that you currently have, make sure that they would perfectly fit on a virtual setup. Because some of the some of the processes that you guys have may be only convenient for like a well, what do you call this? Uh, like an assistant that is just right beside you. So those are two different things. So we have to make sure that the processes that you have is going to fit in the virtual setup. And then we go over your processes. Now, if there are any missing processes, that's the time that we go on a workflow, a workflow call. So the workflow call would be going over what you guys are doing. We document it. And when everything is documented, we train the VAs and then that all happens in the first 30 days. So it's kind of like a simultaneous process. I don't want to call it a testing phase, but it's more of a data gathering phase. So we gather your standard operating procedures. We gather results from whatever you have. And then on the second 30 days, like 31 to 60 days, that's when we implement because all of your SOPs should have been done by then. So implementation happens. We do performance tasks because we have to consider learning curve of the virtual assistant. So uh, we do performance tasks. We review and tweak the processes because sometimes your processes are kind of low. I mean, long. And then as much as possible, we want to make it as efficient as possible so you can add more tasks to the VA instead of like going from one place to the other. So, and then 
before your 60 days is over, that's when we establish your KPI. So on your first to 30 days, you already have an overview what your KPIs may look like. But on your 30, I mean, on your 60th day, we assign KPIs already based on the learning curve that we already have addressed. And on the 61st to the 90th day, that's when everything happens, like task mastery, KPI implementation. We establish incentive programs, performance task reviews and all. So we also do time estimates because, you know, your task may take 10 minutes to do on your first day, but will take you only five minutes on your, let's say, 60th day. So a lot of things vary. So when it comes to like an admin person who is kind of like the client's right hand, are they talking day-to-day to the project manager or are they talking day-to-day to their two-team VA or the two-member team oh. VA? Are you referring to the clients? Like, do they talk to the... <laughs> the clients in the context of like a role that would maybe phone support or admin support where it'd be more ongoing day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Is the point of contact directly between the client and the VAs or do they mostly just talk to the team manager, or is it a little bit of both? What does it look like on a day-to-day? Yeah, well, we create a Slack channel where everyone is there. So the point of contact would always be the project manager because treat your project manager as your new best friend. <laughs> that's yeah. what I that's what I can say. Because your project manager will get all of the tasks from you and start delegating it to your VAs. So the reason why we're doing that is because it's hard to manage uh, virtual assistants if the project manager doesn't know exactly what you guys are throwing at at them. So yeah, always a project manager. Nice. Now, are there any kind of like things, just kind of nuances to be aware of? Like, um, are there any weird scheduling stuff? Because I know there's, you're in a different nation that might have different holidays. You guys are on a reverse schedule pretty much of the East Coast. So you're like 12 hours ahead. So it's like <laughs> yeah. 1 p.m., our time, it's 1 a.m. your time kind of thing. Right. So yeah, like, are there anything like that that our clients need to be aware of before working with us? Well, when it comes to time scheduling, one of the questions that we ask our clients would be their time zone. We are very flexible. The project managers, so let's say you avail of a part-time service. Part-time service is only like 20 hours a week, four hours a day. But your project managers are going to be there throughout the business hours. So even if the VAs are already out or even if the VAs are not yet in, you can always throw in tasks. Someone is going to be there to answer you Mm. just to let you know that, okay, this is going to be taken care of. So awesome. What do you look for? What do we look for? I guess you could say in an ideal client. So like somebody, (laughs) uh, somebody that I guess, what would you want to avoid in a bad client and what makes a good (laughs) client, you know? Well, That's a very good question. Um, I don't think there's kind of like an ideal client, but a client that is easy to work with is open to communication. And I think in every relationship, may it be like a VA client or project manager client, even in in your personal life, I think communication is always the key to a successful relationship. So ask the clients, what are their preferred communication channels? So what we really out 
what we have. So we have Slack. We have ways to email them, text. to text them. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I always text you. <laughs> yeah. So texting. So we have those channels to make sure that communication is always open. Aside from that, the VAs or the project managers that we are assigning them, they're not really the kind of worker bees character. Like you tell them this and then they do this. They will also give you feedback on that. the task that they're doing. Like, hey, Sharon, you know, this is not going to work. Maybe we can do this instead. Or aside from this, so everything is finished. We still have hours left for you. You may want to give us more. Like we can do this. We can do that. So there's an analytic part of our project managers that makes sure that not only the tasks are being taken care of, but also your business as a whole, giving you feedback. So, Yeah, I love it. I mean, I can speak personally that you guys have working first with you guys and then come partnering together. I have seen in my online business and in the business of a lot of coaching students, we save people so much money. There's a particular client, I won't name names for privacy sake, but some one of our list scrubbing clients, he does deals in Texas uh, in the six figures. So you might buy like a lot for, let's just say a hundred thousand and then list for like two fifteen or something. It used to take him like 30,000 units a mail to get one of these types of deals. We've now cut that in half. He told us that it's about 16,000 to get nice. one deal now. And like, um, again, a lot of people try to use like a Pat live or some kind of a try to people try to use Pat live or some kind of a call center. But the thing is, is, the demographic of the people that we're talking with need somebody who's a real person, not reading from right. a script, not sounding like robotic. And that training isn't really out there a lot of the times, but we train that way in-house. So we can really ensure that, you know, we, we take things to, to the next level for our clients. I do also want to kind of talk price. I briefly mentioned that when it comes to a phone or admin support VA situation, there's a $1,500 one-time setup fee that's paid after the discovery right. call before the onboarding call. Um, and uh-huh. then it's $10.50 per hour. And we have a 20-hour part-time track or a 40-hour full-time track. Right. When it comes to list scrubbing, we have kind of a basic plan that's pay-as-you-go. That is, I want to put the prices, I believe it's $0.35 cents a record. And then it bumps down $0.05 cents per record the longer you commit. So three-month commitment, right. six-month, and a 12-month. So, and there's a $1,500 setup fee with that one as well. Just one time, because we got to use that to set up you and click up and Slack and all that. Right. Other stuff. The VAs. Right. But after that one time, once your account is set up, you can come and go as you please on that. And it really makes sense for people who are doing direct mail, the list scrubbing um, on a monthly basis. If you're just doing a one-off campaign, I don't know if it would be cost-effective, but if you're mailing every month, it's almost like a guaranteed thing that you, everybody needs to do it because it saves so much time and energy and money. I mean, at the end of the day. Yeah. So I don't know. I know this one is a kind of a quick one. I think we could probably land it here pretty soon, D, but <laughs> do you have any kind of final thoughts, things we didn't cover, touch base on anything that you want to leave the audience? Well, for me, yeah, the importance of outsourcing is getting time back to you in a very cost effective way and making sure that your business is being run by people who you could trust. Yeah. So, yeah, I think. I just leave it there. <laughs> and I think that that's what makes us different is that I know that you guys, you and, and Doyle are people I can trust. Yeah. And I really Aww. think that 
at the end of the day, I think that's what matters in business because you can fix systems and you can train people that don't have skill set, but it's that fundamental, like, do we have a shared moral compass and can I actually oh, do it? Yeah. Do I know that you, you got my back and when we're in a foxhole, yes. you know, that kind of thing. I totally agree. Yeah. So I, I'm excited. You know, we've been working together in the background for a while. This has been um, a long time coming, but I'm excited yeah, to finally too. bring it to the world, you know, let everybody know yes. about it. Yeah. I will tell the audience, guys, if you want to move forward with a discovery call, there's going to be a link to where you can jump on my calendar at the show notes. Um, that's going to be landmavericks.com forward slash episode 006. Any final words, D? Um, I think that's it for me. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. You know, I, I'm really excited. Uh, I think you guys are going to get really busy with a lot of land investors. So uh, be ready. Busy is good. Yeah. Hey, awesome. Until next time. Alrighty. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you.